course, we are back again. Uh, welcome, everyone, to Loaded Mag NUFC Away Days. The football is back, um, and we are going to talk all things Bournemouth, Newcastle United, um, at the Vitality, um, or some people still call it Dean Court. I saw um, back of the net, uh, the, the next tweet uh, earlier on today from Loaded saying Dean Court, but we'll get Tom's thoughts on that um, very, very shortly. But Richie, how you doing, fella? I'm all right, mate, you? All good, all good, all good, mate. We're ready to talk all things Newcastle. But of course, we have to welcome everyone in the in the um in the chat. Uh welcome to Russ, um, our one of our sponsors. Uh, great to have you in there as always. Um, we've got Bournemouth Fan TV. Um, already getting themselves in there. Two one Bournemouth. Come on, man. We've not even started yet. We've not even got Tom's opinions uh, on Bournemouth, and you're already throwing in your uh, your um, uh, results there already. To coin a phrase, uh, great to have you in there. Uh, Mag debates. Great to see you, uh, Kitty. Um, Tom Lynch, uh, Carl Seggy, back again um, live. Great to have you on live as always. And Marco Pomo. I'm sure we're going to get some cracking questions coming in from him. Likewise, Jordy Soon for Life as well. Welcome in. Um, Andrew uh, DB, uh, Steve Coulson. I could just keep going on. We've got Daniel Kane there, Paul Sprague, um, it, Les Stapleton. The list is endless. Thank you for coming and joining us. Um, and get your questions in for Tom. Um, uh, we'll get him on um, just a second. But I just want to get Richie's thoughts first and foremost. Um, you know, Draw against West Ham. We've talked about that. We've kind of exhausted all that chat. Let's move forward. Bournemouth, what are your thoughts going into this weekend, mate? Uh, it's, a, it's a funny one because it, it's, you know, obviously we only got a point off them when we played home and we didn't play particularly well in that game. Uh, so it's, you know, we're on a bit of a, a wave of like obviously emotions because we've got the, we've qualified for the, you know, the final of the Carabao Cup. Um, we're still creating chances, so we just need we just need to put them away. And you know, I hope this isn't going to come back to bite us in the arse. Like, but last week I did see when we both agreed that there's a team out there that's probably going to be on the end of a spanking soon. And I said last week on last week's away is I didn't think it would be West Ham. I thought it would it would possibly more likely be Bournemouth if it happened. So, but you know, it's the Tatley Stadium is a tough place to go sometimes. I know, obviously, when uh, we went down there the last time. It was a good result, uh, and you know, hopefully, we're just gonna. It's gonna be something like that. Uh, but uh, it'll be, I it'll be Eddie Howe's first visit back to the Vitality Stadium since he's left. So that'll be good for him and stuff like that. But obviously, he'll have he'll so, show no sentiments of, you know, uh, to of loyalty towards Bournemouth once you know the the, the whistle uh, goes and for the ninety minutes the game is on. Um, I, I'm sure that the Bournemouth fans will give him a. You know, a good round of applause and appreciation when he's there. Obviously, Tom will give us his thoughts on that. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's uh, I, I just, he's got he's going to want to get his own over his old team, isn't he? Uh, bear in mind they got rid of him, um, so we'll, we'll we'll see what happens from there. Definitely, I wonder, wonder what Tom's thoughts are about that, about the fact that we've already labelled them that they got rid of him. Um, uh, let's see what, what what you think. But look, um, he's just sorting out his um, volume at the moment, having some one or two troubles with that. So uh, we'll see what he comes back in. But it's going to be an interesting game. Like you said, um, really tough to break down at St. James's Park. Um, took, a, like you said, a, an exact penalty to, to get a point in, in that game. Um, so 
going to be um, going to be an interesting one. But look, as always, we love to get the opposition's view. This is what away days is all about. It's a pleasure to welcome um, Tom Jordan from back of the net um, form of podcast. How you doing, my man? Yeah, all right, I suppose, boys. But I'm sure you're all right. So yeah, looking forward to having a chat about this one. This is exactly how we responded to us when we when we went uh, when he came and joined us before we went live. Uh, so I'm really interested to um to think uh, or to find out, should I say, uh, on why it's just all right at the moment. But we'll delve into that um uh, in a second. But first and foremost, look, I have to say, um, fantastic um debut for you, Tom. On it's uh, not. I'll say, well, see, it's not his debut on uh, away days. I double checked it while we were in the intro before. I thought that's where you were going to go, Peter. I apologize. Yeah. No, okay. <laughs> I thought it was your debut, but it was great to watch you. If anyone hasn't watched the overlap, um, they, they did, I think it's part two on mm. YouTube, um, where they talked about you know, the bottom half of the table. And it was great to hear your thoughts on all things Bournemouth, uh, Tom. So, look, talk to us. How, what, 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 what's it like at the overlap? What, what's the setup like? Um, but also, um, did you feel that you got your opinion across in the way that you wanted to when you're on there with so many of the fans? Uh, it's, diff- it's difficult, I guess. I, uh, I think you kind of, you know what, what you are when you go to things like this. You know, we are Bournemouth for a relegation battle and that's not going to, you know, kind of get all the headlines. So you're obviously you're aware, especially with what come out of Man City, that was always going to take, you know, that was going to be the the bulk of the show. Um, and the title race in the top of the league is always going to be talked about a little bit more. It's got more eyes on it and that's just the way it is. But really nice to go and represent Bournemouth and connect with some people and talk to some different people. Um, obviously, Newcastle weren't in the same part of the show as us because uh, we're uh, at different ends of the table at the moment. But no, it was nice to... To chat to other people and yeah, just just mention you know kind of what's going on at the moment. I think it was pretty evident that everyone there thinks that ourselves and Southampton are are pretty doomed, and it will probably be one other uh, from a bunch of teams. But no, it was good. It was good chat and good opinions, and yeah, I enjoyed it, mate. Yeah, good stuff. Um, no, it's great to. Um, it was great to see you on there, and um, great to know that we that we've, we've had you on our show, and that you're obviously representing your club in the way you do because it, it's great to have fans' opinions and, and hear from the fans. Um, and I think that's why Sky are doing so well in what they do, especially with the overlap. That's for sure. But um, look, let's get down to it. Uh, there were some things that you said on there that I want to kind of dig deeper into. Uh, at this moment in time. Look, I know for a fact, I put it on the screen, I know for a fact that you won't be happy with that um, in terms of the league table at this moment in time, um, 19th in the table. But it started so well for you guys. You guys started well and you were up there, you know, up, up the top end of that bottom end of the table, up the top, you know, in the top end of the table at some points in that early part of the season. Look, for you, just, just give us a quick assessment of Bournemouth season and why has the drop happened as the season's progressed, in your opinion? It's kind of um, been in three parts, really. I'd say we, we start with the very start of the season was with Scott Parker. Um, and obviously, we lost that 9-0 game, as everyone remembers, to, to Liverpool. Um, I think we can see them more in our, in our first three games than you have all season. Um, actually, or something like that. But um, yeah, we, we can see a lot of goals and we're all over the place and Parker was saying some weird stuff. So we, yeah, obviously he was relieved of his duties and we gave Gary Neal and, uh, a role as interim manager. 
And I think we saw a little bit of a bounce, which probably lasted um, more uh, for longer than we thought. So, for example, obviously going to your place and getting a draw, and it just felt like, yeah, we didn't have a load of quality, but we looked together and we looked like a, you know, a strong bunch that were going to be hard to break down this season. Yeah. Um, and then it started to tail away. We took a few, a few leads in games, and it kind of we threw it away, and we thought, okay, maybe all right, Gary O'Neill's going to be gone soon for the World Cup and we'll get an experienced manager in and we'll spend some money and let's see what happens. Um, and for whatever reason, it was, I can't speak on behalf of all fans, but it's got to be 90% with shocks that we gave Gary O'Neill the job just because you know what the Premier League's like. He's never managed before. We knew it was a bounce, but he's never been a manager of a football club and to get new owners and then give him the job was, was really strange. And then since he's got the job, we've scored one goal. Um, we haven't won a game since the World Cup. Uh, we drew one and lost all the rest. Um, we're struggling to get shots on target, to be honest. I mean, it's just, it's been really, really bad to watch. Um, and yeah, it's just been really frustrating. So it's been a, it's been up, up and down season in that sense. But I think everyone's just a little bit confused from a ball perspective because we spent over 50 million in January, which is a lot of money for, for, the, for us. I've got it here. I've got it here for you, Tom. Yeah. Um, Daz, uh, to be fair, Daz, um, uh, one of the guys that loaded, um, he, he dropped this in today and he, and he said, look, for the show tonight, 50, well, 54 million. Yeah. Um, you know, more than Newcastle up there with, with Arsenal. Southampton have spent more than you guys and that's where you guys are on the table and it's crazy. Obviously, Chelsea are just in a different stratosphere. But, you can't say that you haven't put money into that situation. So it's well, a really interesting situation. Yeah, well, that's what's, what, what's even more surprising, really, is you see owners chucking that sort of money and you think, right, OK, it's pretty obvious that they're desperate to stay in the division. And they're like you say, they're they're putting their money where their mouth is. But then they're giving a, a permanent job to someone that's never done it before. It's it's very strange. And obviously, the run we've had is just absolutely... I mean, two wins in five months. Um it's so bad and it's so yeah to, to have spent that sort of money but then you know not go and get the calibre of manager we were linked with Deserby before Brighton got him obviously Deitch was available as everyone knew and we're just missing our, the boat on these people and I'm not really sure why so um, yeah a bit of an odd one at the moment and it's going to be the weirdest atmosphere I think we've ever seen on Saturday I've got to be honest Interesting very very interesting and, and look um you, you, you've touched on it a little bit. We'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll go into it again. Um, you know, you you've got you've got your manager in. He did have that little bit of a bounce. Yeah. There's a few people that I saw on social media that, that don't believe that he's going to see out the season. Do you believe he'll see out the season um, as Bournemouth manager? No, I'd be very surprised if he sees out um, the weekend. To be honest, um, I think it could be one of them weird situations where our old manager could potentially. You know, lose our current manager's job because I just, I just think another defeat at home. I think it could get. There's been murmurings at home games recently of it getting quite not, not just not very nice to be around the atmosphere and you know grumblings and boos and certain things. And I just think that, especially with Eddie Howe coming back and he'll get a lot of love. I think if we lose relatively comfortably or you know take a bit of a slap in, then I, I, I think he'll struggle to stay in uh, much longer because um, I think they'll you know like every club down there they'll panic. Um, I think Southampton are playing Wolves this weekend as well, so one of them at least has got to get some points. So I just yeah. think we'll we'll maybe press that that button if you know. I think his only hope is to surprise everyone and get something this weekend. To be honest, surprises and get something at the weekend. That 
that'll be an interesting one. A very, very interesting one. But look, uh, let's let's wait and see. I think, um, and unless there's anything that you want to ask in particular, Richie, I think there's a couple of good questions that have already popped up in the chat that I think would be worth asking. Um, yeah, so I don't know where you want to start, Pete, but I've, I've started quite a few, so you can you work your way down whichever way you want to go, mate. Okay, let's have a look. Um, so, uh, Michael Palmer always puts a, puts a good question in. He was one of the top of the list. But question for Tom, how short a lease is... Well, you've just kind of already answered <laughs> that. And a great start. Been worrying for you guys for a while now. You, you've already heard it, Michael. He doesn't believe, Tom doesn't believe that he'll make it out of the weekend if Newcastle get the win, uh, which, you know, from our perspective, from a selfish perspective, we all hope we do. So, um, good question, as always. Tom, if I offered you 35 points now, would you take it? Jordy Toon for Life says, also, what did you see points-wise keeping you up realistically? Hard, isn't it? It's hard about um going through kind of you know really methodically for everyone's fixtures and see the points total. I think that right now the way we're playing and the fact that as I mentioned we've won two games in five months, I'd definitely take thirty five because I can't see where the next points coming from to be honest. Um, so I'd probably take that just because because it, it'll probably give us a half a chance. But um, yeah, really not sure. I think it'll probably be around there, just just shy of forty. I would have thought we'll we'll keep you up, but yeah, currently we. Just, just can't see where any points coming from. So I'll take 35. 35. Richie, what, what do you think will keep teams up in the, um, in the Premier League this season? For, for some reason, I think it's going to be quite high. I think, I think it's going to be uh, really, really high because you know, teams around each other are beating each other. And it's, it just seems like a really strange season. Like teams like Forest, for example, beating the likes of Liverpool um, and Chelsea, uh, getting points off Chelsea as well. And they're not having great seasons. Well, yeah, and, and Wolves beating Liverpool 3 0 last week as well. Do you know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, even when you even when top, you can see the look on Tom's face, he's expecting, oh, the Liverpool are going to Wolves, will do us a favour, and then they get turned over as well. So it's, it's just one of those things. It is just one of those seasons. It's like, obviously, Everyone's beat each other on the bottom of another teams, and then like teams you'd expect, like you look at Chelsea and Liverpool season top end with us. You know, like who would have thought we would have, we, we'd have been in this position this time this year? And obviously, where we were last year, we were in a similar position to where Bournemouth are this year. So it's um, it's it's interesting. Full stop. This 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 season uh, on all fronts, it's, it's it's everyone can beat everyone. It's that that's what's really good about this calendar year. Uh, points wise. It's, it's it's going to be there there about 35 36 i think it's really really going to be tight down there uh but i think if what tom was right i think if, if they're going to get anywhere near that um they're probably going to have to bring a new manager in, unfortunately but i think uh obviously you know you had that good bounce need you know you got a good point at st james's park which i think you know most teams would take a point at st james's park is it it's becoming the fortress it used to be you know back in the entertainers day and the bobby robson era as well um, so to get any sort of point at St James's is good, and obviously that was at the spell when Gary O'Neill was probably doing better than what I even think their fans were expecting, really. And uh, and obviously the board have thought, oh well, if he can continue that on after like the World Cup and stuff, which it, they haven't, and uh, obviously they've just got to reevaluate re now. And he, and I think Tom's right. I think if uh, if they don't get three points on Saturday, which I don't think they will, uh, I think he, you know. He, the new manager will probably be on the way, but it's it's that difficult question. Who do you bring in though? That's the problem. Who's available as well? Because you know, someone who's 
you know, fantastic that end of the table, nosy stuff like Sean Dice just got to a relegation rival in Everton. You know, that would have probably been a fantastic appointment. And I'm sure, you know, you can tell me if I'm wrong here, Tom. I, I think you know Sean Dice really did a fantastic job down there for years. Um but it's it's that's the thing. Who do you bring in if you, you do get rid of Gary O'Neill? Yes, that's 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 the that's the difficult thing. I think it's on one hand, I've, if I saw a Dyke shot, I'd have gone, okay, it's maybe short term, but I can see they're just trying everything to keep us in the division. If it's a younger, upcoming manager, say from the Championship, I would think, okay, there's maybe a little bit of direction. There's a plan going forward. If we go down, we're going to stick with this guy and, and move on. But um, either way, we need to see some sort of direction, I think. Um, and I think there'll be change soon. Not Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> That's Andrew just being a wind up as normal. <laughs> and look, Bruce is always, if you if you're looking at managers coming in, uh, if it's not Newcastle United, Bruce is always going to be a topic of conversation with us. Um, that's for sure. And look, we would never ever do that to Bournemouth. <laughs> Bournemouth have done something amazing for us, um, although you know left under difficult circumstances. But you know, you guys have been so positive um, with, with with regards to. Eddie Howe and, and and look the questions already come in with regards to Eddie Howe so I'll I'll drop it on the screen in a second but talk to us about Eddie Howe you know you talked to us from a Bournemouth perspective when you came on the Howe handover with myself and Richie um you know you've obviously been admiring and I've seen a couple of your tweets over over the recent months where you've really sort of admired the job that Eddie Howe's done at Newcastle um, yeah. Russ, one of our sponsors, has put the question up here uh, for Tom. Well, welcome, mate. Um, how do you feel about Eddie coming back? So, just give us a little bit of a double whammy, really. You know, just assess what he's done this season in isolation, um, but also what type of reception is he going to get? Do you think coming back to? Am I right in saying Dean Court, or it is the vitality? But you guys refer to it as Dean Court. Yeah, we always call it Dean Court. Yeah, I think it's officially Vitality Stadium at Dean Court, yeah, or something. But, um, yeah, no, it's going to be very weird because it's the first time he's ever come back um, because of, obviously, we're in a different division and he took that time out. We haven't played Newcastle at home. We've had you in the cup away and in the league away. So, yeah, it's going to be a, a emotional probably for him. It will be, I know we all know what Eddie Howe's like by now. He'll, he'll just do the job in hand, but he'll find it, I think he'll find it quite difficult, actually, uh, because of his... Um, connections with the football club and I think because of the type of guy he is you, you would have already seen this now and he's so professional and humble I think you'll find it difficult to know that there's a manager in the other dugout that's under pressure and there'll probably be 10,000 Bournemouth fans singing Eddie Howe songs and I think he'll find that quite difficult um, you know for his fellow pro but it yeah. will be it will be really really odd because I just I can't work out you've got a manager for us that's under a lot of pressure and has been getting a bit of stick then you've got to have a manager in the other dugout who's worshipped like a god. Then you've got Callum Wilson, who we absolutely adore, leaning the line. Matt Ritchie's going to be running down the type a touchline who we love. And then the next minute, you're going to see Ryan Fraser, who's going to touch up him. I ain't got a clue what's going to... It's going to be so bizarre. Um, it really is. I mean, we were all we were all rubbing our hands together when we saw Ryan Fraser was back on the bench last week. Thought, we'll have some of that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be odd. And as you say, going back to what what Eddie's done with you guys, it's on one hand, it's obviously magnificent. On the other hand, I ain't surprised at all. Not at all. Um, I remember when I, as you said, when I come on the Howl handover and spoke about it when you were in the relegation, kind of scrap when he come in. I said that for me, that was it. You were safe. Um, and that, that was no surprise whatsoever. And I remember with kind of the funds and stuff that obviously you guys can, 
can play with now. I think I, I remember saying to a lot of people anyway that the first thing he'll do is he'll improve players that you don't think are that good because that's what he did with us. And I mean, how many players has he done that for? Almiron, Shah, Joe Linton, Longstaff. I mean, it's just unbelievable. But that is what he does. Um, recruited well, obviously. And I saw when he got Andy Gordon, obviously people are a bit surprised. It'll make him a world beater because that's what he does. Um, and yeah, what he's done is is, is brilliant. Um, I don't... Can they keep? Can you keep up that top four? I think it's been really difficult because I think I think Tottenham in particular will will be hunting you. Surely Chelsea and Liverpool will come at some point, but at the moment you you're kind of batting it off and you're so so strong defensively. I think the main thing would be just go and get that cup win, go and get that silverware. I'd be so buzzing for him if he can get you guys a trophy. That'd be amazing. But yeah, obviously you lot all love him. We knew you would, and. Um, yeah, you're everyone. You're Bournemouth's second. Every Bournemouth fan's second team, shall I say, um, because of it. So I'm loving seeing what he's doing, mate. No, I remember you saying that last time, and uh, I know a lot of Newcastle fans in the chat were very happy to hear that. And look, I think almost for a lot of Newcastle fans, in response to that, you know, have that mutual respect for Bournemouth because of, of what he did down there with, with, with you guys, but. Um, just in addition to the Eddie Howe question, obviously, we've got your assessment of what he's done this season, but has he, what has he done differently? Like, Have you noticed anything that he's doing at Newcastle? You've talked about the things that you expected, making players better, you know, doing things on the tactics board in terms of getting the tactics right for match days or the rest of it. But is there anything different in the way in which he sets up Newcastle that you see and go, oh, he didn't do that at Bournemouth, that's different? Uh, yeah, de- defensively, that's clearly what he's worked on. I think, as as a manager for us, he was it was so fun to watch. It was this is it was almost probably not too much, not too Bielsa, but a little bit in the sense that we were always exciting to watch. We always scored goals, but we would leak goals. We would leak goals because he'd play brave and we'd get caught um, against better teams. Um, and we didn't have an awful defence. We had Nathan Ake, for example, a very good defender, but mm. it didn't really change anything. We still leaked goals all the time. And obviously, since he's gone away and, and kind of worked on bits, I think a lot of people have said he's uh, Simeone in Atletico Madrid. Yeah. Um, kind of, and you can see that because I, I never thought he'd be able to do this defensively. I always felt he'd make you better to watch and, as I said, improve players. But I thought you would get caught now and again. But pff, defensively, I mean, obviously, the recruit, recruitment helps. Um you know, experienced players like Trippier and Burn and obviously and then class like Botman. I think I mean it's really helped. But he's definitely worked on that as a coach, hundred percent. It's not as uh, what's the word, it's not quite as gun ho. It's really intense still. And you know, you start you start really uh, high pressing early from the first whistle like we used to do. But it's not you don't leave yourself exposed. Uh, it's 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 a bit more methodical, I think. So yeah, that would be definitely be the main thing. Everything else is kind of what I thought, but with better players. Um, but yeah, defensively, he's definitely worked on something or got coaches around him that have, that have worked on bits and he's improved defensively. That was what was my concern, was whether he'd get it sorted defensively from a coach's point of view. No, interesting. Um, no, really good good insight and thoughts there. Did you want to um, add to I that? Just, I was going to just ask Tom, because obviously when we did the how handover, it was a really good insight to what Tom knew and what we briefly knew as Eddie Howe under the Bournemouth era. But I want to know what Tom's thoughts on the evolved version of Eddie Howe when he took that sabbatical. Now is you know he went off to various different clubs around the world, spent time with some of the best managers in the world, 
and now seeing what he's bringing to the table with Newcastle, what what's your thoughts on his evolution as a coach in general from compared to his time at Bournemouth? Yeah, it is. He's he's almost got a bit more ruthless. I think. I think he's, as I said, we were always nice to watch. We were always quite pretty. He was a he was a coach that was good on the eye. You want to watch an Eddie Howe team. I think what he's went what went and done is for to win things to be really successful right at the top end. Maybe need to look at the dark arts a little bit, be a little bit nastier, be you know, do you know what I mean? And just there's I've watched Newcastle a lot, and it's just when he's needed to, they they've done them things really well and defended as a unit, and you know wound the opposition up, you know. And sometimes I think we were a bit too nice, so I think that side of it, he's he's really worked on and thought, you know what, we're gonna have to. I don't want everyone to like us because if everyone likes us, that means we're not being fully successful. You want people to dislike you to be successful. Um, so, yeah, I, I've, I think that's what he's worked on a lot. I think he's thought, I need to find different ways to win football matches. Um, it's not just all about pretty football. And I think he's he's got the balance right in the moment. You, you can you can you can call it shit houses. Yeah, we're, we're, <laughs> that's great. Don't, don't hold don't hold back. We're like we houses. Good teams of shit houses. Uh, yeah. every, every single season, Man City won the league. Fernandinho and Rodri are making so many fouls all games. Do you know what I mean? It's you've got to, you've got to have a bit of that. Um, also, have Vieira, Man United had Keane. Do you know what I mean? You've got to have a bit of that. Uh, but I think he's seen that. Definitely, definitely. And look, um, we'll, we'll stick on the, the management team as such because there's so many, there's so many links uh, from Bournemouth to, to Newcastle now. And um, uh, we, we can't not talk about Eddie Howe unless we talk about Mad Dog. Mad Dog <laughs> Tyndall. Now, uh, you know, um, there's a question in, in here with regards to uh, Mad Dog from Michael in his put, you know, what, what happened to Mad Dog? Tyndall during his time uh, as manager of, of Bournemouth. Why didn't it work out for him? You know, um, even before that, like, what? how was he um, at Bournemouth that was, uh, you know, is he the same now at Newcastle from what you've seen, what, what he on the touchline, or, or has he changed, you know, his personality a little bit? No, he's the same on the touchline. He's a good laugh, isn't he? Um, <laughs> yeah. Eddie looks calm and composed and uh, lets Jason off the leash to go a bit mad. Yeah. Um, he's a... It, it's a real shame. I'm absolutely gutted it didn't work for him as a manager. I think uh, the, the fact of the matter is he was replacing Eddie Howe. Um, he was, it was always going to be difficult for anyone. I think what probably happened, it was obviously that COVID period. And I think losing, you know, the manager that took us from League Two all the way up to the Premier League and then obviously getting relegated to the Championship. Quick turnaround. I think we thought at the time, let's not try not to change too much. It's been such a successful kind of decade for the club. So we just gave the assistant the chance. And I think Jason probably thought, I'll give it a crack as to see if I can do management. I don't know when Eddie could be out for, you know, Eddie wants his time out. I'll um, I'll give it a go. Who knows what Eddie's next job's going to be. So, and he's done okay. I mean, we're in the championship. We never left the top six. I think when he was um, sacked, we were sixth in the league. But we obviously had a very good squad because uh, we'd only just gone down. But but yeah, he got sacked when we were sixth and we finished sixth that season. Um, so he won't be too decided. It just didn't quite work. He wanted a manager. I think he'd probably come in and, Obviously, his relationship's got to change with all the players yeah. when he's been at the second. So it just it just never really worked. It's a real shame for him because I think a lot of fans it'll probably you'll it's easy to forget how great a number two he was to Eddie Alfie years and a decent player for us as well because you remember that he it was a, a failed management kind of trial really. But listen, I think all the love will be for Eddie, obviously. But I think he'll probably get a get a one Jason Tyndall chant um, on Saturday for sure. I think. 
as a number two, Eddie always spoke highly of him. There's a reason why Eddie has gone and got him straight away when he got his next job. Um, I think he's a top, a top number two. Um, and I think he's, he tried out number one, didn't quite work. And he's, he's gone back to, to being with Eddie. And um, yeah, it's a hell of a duo that. And he's, he's quite, he's, he's easy to like when things are going well, isn't he? I tell you what, you don't often you don't often do the dirty work on the on the touchline. He's got like, so many so many cards. Especially, <laughs> you know, I would I would love a Mad Dog watch. You know how they do that the match cam. Yeah, they, Mad they, Dog cam. Yeah, they need to do a Mad Dog cam. They just to track him through the through the game. Look, Newcastle, if you're watching, I'm sure you are. Um, you need to do. Uh, a mad dog cam, as, as Richie said. It, it, it tells us where Jamal Lascelles gets his shit. How we get the bookers just by standing like, with this as a substitute trying to wipe the throne and take him up? <laughs> did, did that ever happen at Bournemouth? I, I imagine it did. did. Did that ever happen at Bournemouth where like you got players on the sidelines picking up bookings to try and get your results over the line? And we had a, we had a few players that could be a bit like that. I think. I think what it was is Eddie was. I think he's done a similar thing with Lascelles because let's let's be real. We probably could have got a, a just as good, if not better, centre half, and you know as a backup. But I think he's always liked to keep players that you maybe think. I'm not saying this for Lascelles. I, I don't watch him enough, but players that we thought they're probably past it now, a bit over the hill. But he kept them in the squad, and I think it was one for that on the sideline, but also in the dressing room. I, I can imagine Lascelles is good in the dressing room, um, and we always had players like that. That's why he's kept Richie around, for example, as well, in my opinion. You know, people that are good around the dressing room, around the place. And he liked them, I think, in the dugout and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, we had a few little kind of players, a bit like Lascelles. Harry Art got a bit like that for us. So, yeah, we've had a few like that. But I think Eddie likes them characters in and around the place, definitely. Just to stick with Matt Ritchie, obviously, <laughs> he's been linked every window pretty much yeah. uh, for the last year or so with, um, with, with Bournemouth. You know... It, it looks like this will be his last season with us. He's only had one one or two odd appearances off the bench here and there. Started at, um, at Sheffield Wednesday in the FA Cup where we lost. But um, would you take him back at Bournemouth? Would you have him back for, for a year or two? Uh, I think sentimentally, of course, because he's a legend. But yeah. not if we... I mean, if we go down, that, that could be a conversation, actually. But... Um, for, for where we're trying to get to, I don't think it's one of them things in it. Yeah, sentimentally you love him, but really should we should we should be trying to progress now? And obviously Matt Rich on the decline, I'm sure he'd admit that himself, as I played a lot of football. I think he still lives down here, uh, which is probably why the links links been there. I think he was also or uh, brought up near Portsmouth. And I, I look at that and think Portsmouth for a top League One club trying to get the championship. That could make sense in my opinion. Because mm. at that level he'd still, he'd still do a bloody good job, wouldn't he? But I think his legs have probably gone a little bit. I mean, you saw it, didn't you? With Rafa, he started playing him as kind of left wing back, full back. We know him as a as a right winger. So, so yeah, I think he's probably on the way out. But to be honest, I think he's. It seems like anyway because he hadn't had the move that, as I briefly said, Eddie probably likes him around the place. I think he's quite happy to kind of help the youngsters and, and be a part of it. And know that he's on the decline, but know he's part of a group and and something that's going somewhere. So I always thought he'd probably see the contract out, which I believe is up at the end of the season, and that. Um, so yeah, I think he'll Portsmouth would be my outside shout actually. Yeah, do you not do you not think he might turn back down to Bournemouth? Say the unfortunate event happens and you got relegated again because obviously he'd be a fantastic leader in the squad. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's done it at Championship level. He's won the league with Newcastle at Championship level, so it'd be you know fantastic. You know, experienced leader in the camp for you as well. Yeah, I certainly think if we were to get relegated, that wouldn't be a bad shout. Um, 
and obviously we don't know when Matt Ritchie whether he wants to get into kind of coaching and, and things like that as well. So it'll all depend on what he wants. But yeah, it will depend if he wants to see out his kind of career as a player, playing week in, week out, or if he's happy to kind of be a part. Because I still think Matt Ritchie is, is too much on the decline to be a, a team that will be trying to win the championship. I just, I don't know. I haven't seen enough of him. But as you say, in terms of leadership, loved at the football club and will be great around the place, 100%. 100%. Um, I thought that when we had Tyndall, um, and you had Matt Ritchie before you got Eddie out. I thought we might we might get him then because of the link with Tyndall. I thought Tyndall would try and bring him back, but obviously yeah. then Tyndall left and weirdly went to you lot anyway. But um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he comes at some point, even if it's when he's ended his career and gets to the coaching. Who knows? But yeah, we love him there anyway. So quality. Um, to be fair, just to add to that, he did say in, in an interview probably about a year ago now that he he wanted to play for Portsmouth before. He retired. Ah, so, okay. So he, he did mention that. So it could well be. I mean, if you do get better relegated this season, we don't know that yet. That he go, he does like Richie say, go to Bournemouth and have a year or two there, um, support them to try and get them up, and then maybe drops down then to Port yeah. Portsmouth and see his career. Could well work as a nice little um, way out in terms of playing for the clubs that he's that, that he loves. Um, and he's always kind of supported. Um, the questions are flying in, and you know what, Richie, like you would know because you've seen them as well. Yeah, the cracking questions. Um, so I, I, I do want to ask as many of these questions as we possibly can. But you know, we've got your thoughts on the job that Eddie Howe has done at Newcastle, and you touched on it briefly about you know where you think we'll finish, you know, uh, this season. That whether you think we'll just You've said you think we we it will be touch and go with regards mm. to Champions League football. Um, you know, what, I'm going to put it out there to you. You know, if you could say a position that Newcastle will finish this season, where do you think it? Uh, where do you think it will be? I'll be I'll be positive for you. I think it'll just get fourth. Yeah, I think it'll be tight. I think it'll be really tight. I actually think it will probably come down to you and Tottenham. Um, and I think loads of things play a part in this. How Tottenham are doing in Europe. Do you know what I mean? I think we'll, we'll play a part. I think Tottenham are, obviously you're out the FA Cup and Tottenham are in it. And that's a trophy. You know, Tottenham are absolutely you know, desperate for a trophy as are you, you guys. So I think if Tottenham keep doing well in the FA Cup, that could help you in a weird way because they'll, they'll throw into that. But I think you might just edge Tottenham into fourth. I think the the worry always is that when you've got Harry Kane and you've, you've got Son, they can just get wins when they're not playing well, as we've seen recently with, with you guys. A um, few draws where would 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 a Harry Kane maybe have got your win? Do you know what I mean? Um, but but no, I think I think you might just. I think I, what's always nice about the League Cup, you know, whether you win it or not, it's over and there's still loads of the season left, so you don't have to wait for it. And and if you win it, it can almost be a kickstart then because you've just won a cup, you've got that off your back, you're buzzing for the rest of the season. Yeah. And I think you will win it, so I think you will. That will that will keep you going and keep you in positive spirits. So yeah, I reckon you'll. Fourth place in a trophy. There you go. I think the interesting thing is to back up what Tom says there about Spurs have obviously got the FA Cup. They've also got Europe as well still. Yeah. Uh, so they'll be playing twice a week. Whereas Newcastle now have pretty much got a, a, a one game week to see the season out now. I know there's a couple of fixes need to good to be fixed in, like as in uh, the Brighton one, which will be rearranged from the Carabao Cup weekend. And also the return, the cancelled West Ham game that we had in September when the Queen uh, unfortunately passed. But there's there's nothing to say that the way that the FA Cup draw works is 
that if there's a free weekend when the world, the FA Cups draws are on, that you reorganise a fixture there if a team knocked out. And I think West Ham have got Man United in the next round with the Cup, but then the, the, the weekend after the, the FA Cup weekend, the end of, I think it's March, is free. So obviously we're out the FA Cup, and if West Ham are knocked out, there's a free weekend where you can take it. So you don't even have to play twice a week. You might have to play once, depending on when you fit the Brighton one is. So from that, you're going to have a fresh squad. Bear in mind, we've got, as we, we you know, people probably agree with us, we've probably got about a, a core of 15 decent players at the minute. And, you know, the rest are probably squad players who need to be moved on or something in the summer. But if we can keep those 15 players fit and you're playing them once a week, I think Newcastle will just kick on the rest of the season, especially when you've got, as I said, Spurs have got to play twice. Even like Chelsea have got to play twice a week. And Liverpool, even if they come through, obviously Chelsea have got a squad, a decent squad depth now as well. And some of those haven't, aren't even registered for Europe, so they can only play in the league as well. Whereas Liverpool, you know, their squad's quite thin. The injury list is horrendous. Unfortunately, we heard today that Van Dyke might be back for next weekend and we play them. But ho- hopefully, he might, he might be put off till the week after, fingers crossed. But uh, yeah, I think I agree with Tom. I think we've got really, really uh, good push for fourth place. I'm in agreement. I think we can get fourth. Um, And I I said on a show earlier on this week, if if people thought that fourth would just be an easy breeze and would be five, six, seven points clear getting fourth at a a county, you're dead wrong. Uh, It's going to be a battle. We know it back in 2012. You know, we ended up losing that battle to Tottenham. Um, but equally, um, it was a battle all the way. And for the majority of that, we were in the driving seat. So um, it can change very, very quickly. But I think we are more, we are better equipped as a team to deal with it this time, actually, under how than we were under Pardew. Although you could probably argue we maybe had um, better attacking players. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Look, Tottenham are doing okay. They're picking up some results, but we know they can see goals. Lloris is out for eight weeks. That might change things. Um, They might start shipping even more goals because their defence is not strong. And I agree with what Tom said originally, is that it will be between us and Tottenham for that fourth spot. But don't rule us out putting in a run of results that puts us even ahead of Man United. We're only two points behind. We've got a game in hand. So you throw them into the equation. They're getting thrown into the title picture equation. But yet they're only two points behind. We're only two points behind them. So they could quite easily get pulled into that mix with us us three. And you know what? I'd rather us have have a three-way fight out for two positions than it would be a fight out for one. So um, let's... It's three three points, by the way, Pete, because they got the point Mm -hmm. last night, didn't they? Oh, yeah, sorry, I yeah, get to lead. That's right. But so we, we still go both them on goal difference. Oh, our goal difference is tremendous right. compared to theirs. Oh, uh, yeah, we, we're flying away. So, look, uh, it's um, it's going to be an interesting one. But, look, going into the game, um, we'll start focusing on the game a little bit now as, as uh, we're building to, into the show. Bruno Gamera's missing. Um, uh, serves the second of three game ban. Um, you know, he's going to be a huge miss again for Newcastle because he is the guy that makes everything tick. But positively for Newcastle, it looks like, and I'm sure Eddie Howe will confirm this tomorrow, Alexander Izak, and he has been in training because he was pictured yesterday um, back in training after the concussion scare from the previous week. So he'll be back joining in the squad. But look, you know, out of the, out of the players that Newcastle have got available, you know, obviously Miggy aside, Tom, who are those players that you're worried about that could that, that could really um, 
kind of cause some problems for for Bournemouth uh, at the weekend. It's, I mean, it's it's really funny actually because I remember when we went to to your place early in the season, Bruno Gomaras had just come back but wasn't right if you remember, and they had to bring him off, and then and Isaac had just come back and he ended up getting the goal. So it's almost it's very similar, but um, you didn't have. Yeah, Callum didn't play last time, and obviously, I think, I think we we all love him, but I think you know it's that typical thing that striker that probably he probably needs to start, you know, getting a few goals back to back now. Um, he's got Isaac breathing down his neck as well. You know, Eddie Eddie can, could quite easily use them both at times. I think he's done. He used to always do that with us, but um, I think Callum will know that you know he needs to he needs to start scoring some goals regularly again, and it's one of the things that an ex striker comes back to the club. I think. We'll all be thinking Callum will, will probably score. Um, I I'm interested to see uh, see Joe Linton again because um, I, I I love watching him. To be fair, so he'll be he'll be an interesting one. But yeah, that that right hand side we're quite um, our left back Jordan Zamora is quite offensive, so um, I think I, I worry a little bit about Almer on getting in behind um, from that side. And to be honest, we just concede it feels like from every cross. So I don't want Trippier to get the ball, um, <laughs> but that's a worry. To be honest. I mean, most of them are, yeah, a bit to worry about. But I, I've got, a, I don't know, you know, in terms of, you'll know your predicted lineup more than more than myself. But just got a feeling with, um, obviously, Bruno out, Joe Linton, I guess, probably coming inside. But Andy Gordon might play. I think he might play him over over St. Max. And I think um, it's probably a good, what what Eddie will probably be thinking is, you know, Gordon's a new player. I've always will be on him. Played against a team that are, you know, we're really, you know, shot of confidence. It's a good chance for him to get running at people and maybe, you know, put himself into some form for you. But equally, this could be a game that St. Max comes into form. Do you know what I mean? So you've got some options, but yeah, they're all they're all to, to be feared at the moment. Even bloody Longstaff scoring goals. So. <laughs> not um, Fraser, though. Not Fraser. Not worried about him. No, I was going to say, I'll get your thoughts on Fraser as we go to the questions towards the end. Uh, we'll, we'll save that. We'll save that gem for last. Uh, but um, look, we're getting towards the game, and you mentioned it quite rightly, Tom, that you know how Newcastle set up. I'll, I'll throw the tactics board up in a second. But of course, the, the the way we build up to the game is that we want to look at some stats, and there's only one way we do that on away days. Magic, he appears. Good evening, Keith. Double O Stato. Welcome to Away Days and uh, great to have you on as always. And uh, look, um, Tom, we always look to some stats for for every game that we play um, against every opposition. And what have you got for us this week, Keith? Hopefully some positives for Newcastle. Yeah, I've got um, some positive stats uh, both ways. Trying to make it balanced as well. Not very many, to be honest, because this is a relatively new sort of, or a fairly recent sort of um, rivalry, really, if you want to call it that. It because it, not very many years of history. This one sort of going back to the early seventies, really, before Newcastle first played Bournemouth. Uh, they've only played each other fifteen times, 
Um, and it's fairly balanced. It's sort of uh, one seven for Newcastle, drawn four and lost four. Um, Newcastle slightly more as well, goals in the fixture, 25 compared to 18 for um, Bournemouth. Newcastle have also got a, a better defensive record, uh, five clean sheets compared to two clean sheets to Bournemouth in this history fixture. Um, Eddie Howe, um, record as manager in games against um, Bournemouth. Surprisingly, only two. Twice he, he didn't manage them uh, when he was uh, at Burnley. Um, one one and drawn one. And Gary O'Neill, the same. Uh, two games against Newcastle and the one draw and the one defeat. Um, moving on to goalkeepers, Nick Pope's got 12 clean sheets this season in the Premier League compared to Bournemouth Neto and Mark Travers, who've got two clean sheets each for Bournemouth. Callum Wilson, believe it or not, as well, has only played once against his former club and is still yet to score against Bournemouth. Um, well, Philip um, Billing with four goals in 21 games and Kiefer Moore with four goals in 22 games are Bournemouth's top goal scorers in the league this season so far. Um, some general stats now. Um, so after winning just... Um, Two of their first three Premier League uh, games against uh, Newcastle. Bournemouth are now without a victory in the last six against Newcastle with three draws and three defeats. So not such a good record um, in recent times in this fixture for Bournemouth. Um, I can remember a few years ago as well in the relegation season, Bournemouth got a good result at St. James. I think it sowed the seeds for... Uh, Steve McLaren in that game, 3-1 at St. James's. But since then, it hasn't been happy at times for um, Bournemouth. Um, I want to focus on Sean Longstaff because his two goals against Southampton in the Carabao Cup and his one assist against West Ham last week, um, he's, that meant it took his goal involvements in the last two games to as many as he's had in the last 38 so he's really came on and really stepped up to the plate in the last two games, took that leadership, has uh, Sean Longstaff, and it's been pleasing to see. Eddie Howe, from 2013 to 2020, he's just had two wins in his first 10 matches against sides he's previously managed. So two draws and six defeats against Burnley. And since then, he's... In his record in matches against Burnley and Bournemouth, he's managed three wins in the last four. So he's really improved record against his former clubs. Um, Bournemouth, they have conceded more goals than any other side in the Premier League. I'm sorry, Tom. Yeah, um, right. 43. It will get better in a moment. Whilst Newcastle have conceded the fewest in the Premier League with 12, which we, we know we've got the best defensive at the moment record. Newcastle are unbeaten in the last seven Premier League away games, and that matches the record that they set in 2003-2004 under Sir Bobby Robson. Wow. Um, Bournemouth have only managed one win in 12 games in the Premier League this season. Um, in, in, the in the last 12 uh, games in the Premier League, going back um, to October, um, one win, two draws and nine defeats and they're yet to win in 2023. Um, I don't want to tempt fate by saying that. Newcastle are unbeaten 
in 16 league games. So it really is a bottom to top sort of type of fixture. Nine wins and seven draws since August. Bournemouth, though, have a better home record. Um, they've got three wins, four draws and four defeats the, um, this season of the home games. Scored 10 and conceded 11. Whilst they're away form, they've uh, won one, two draws and nine defeats, scoring nine goals and conceding a massive 32. So that just shows you the sliding scale of how well that bomb have slightly better and tougher to break down at home than their away form. And also, um, just rounding off here, that Bournemouth have only lost um, one game at home this season in the league by more than one goal once this season. And that was when they lost to Arsenal, top of the league, 3-0 earlier this season. So they're only losing the odd... If they're losing a game at at, uh, the Vitality, they're only losing by one goal. And that rounds off the stats. Superb. Thank you. As always, Keith, brilliant, brilliant stats. And you know what? That just gives a different type of perspective on the game because, you know, Bournemouth, hard to beat at home. They were hard to beat away at our place, at our home, St. James's Park. So, may not be as easy as, as people think, having heard some of those stats from Keith. So, thank you for that and adding that different type of perspective. But, of course... We always like to go to the tactics board and have a look. And I asked you earlier, um, uh, Tom, to give us your team. And I hope this is right in the terms of how you wanted to set up. I looked at the formation. Does that sound? Does that look about right? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so we've got the way in which um, Bournemouth set up, and it's not too dissimilar to Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a little bit narrower, a little bit tighter in that uh, in that middle block. Um, so from your perspective, uh, I want to get Tom, you know, where, where do you think being the home team that you're going to potentially cause some problems for Newcastle and, and maybe get those goals? Um, it's pretty difficult to try and work out how we're going to cause you problems, to be honest. Um, really hopeful that Dobbs like he's fit, by the way, obviously, um, you asked for the team, he's, he's still a doubt. So we'll find out more probably tomorrow, um, he has been out lately, but I know he's close, so I've gone with him. If it's not Dom Slanky, it'll be uh, Semenyo, new signing. Um, he started last week, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And he's got a bit of pace about him. Um, he's quite handy on the counter-attack. But yeah, Dom's obviously our main man through the middle. And then we have got Kiefer Moore as well, of course, um, yeah. who's who's normally kind of that plan B, really. Um, Trey Alway looked really good on his debut uh, last week, to be fair. Him and him and Billing will try and get close to whoever the striker is. With Lerma sitting, he'll sit. Lerma won't move and uh, trail around Billing and we'll, we'll try and get out the pitch and I guess I guess really it will be hoping that we can expose the, the full-backs I mean it's very difficult with, with Newcastle because they work so hard but if if the wingers you know whether it's St. Max and Almond as you've got there if we can just uh, our full-backs can get forward particularly Zamora down that left-hand side and if we can get kind of a Zamora Anthony a 2v1 v Trippier potentially pull one of the centre-halves out then you might find some gaps but yeah, I mean, I, I know the way that, that you guys play is going to be very difficult um, and you'll struggle to find a Bournemouth fan who thinks we're going to score a goal, never mind get something out of the game. So it's really hard. I'm trying to find, because we all know football, and obviously, as you've said, said a few times, we did go up there and, and surprise people and, and get a point off you. And we scored a goal at St James and not many teams have done that. So You're right. we showed, and, that, and I think that goal did come from that left-hand side. I don't know if you remember, it was um, it was Zamora who got down the left-hand side, crossed it in and Billing, Billing got there before Pope. So yeah, that that was how we exploited you last time. Um, but last time you did have a particular Ryan Fraser player, and he's probably not as good as Amron. So 
yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. But um, I think we'll we'll sit very deep, mate. We'll try and frustrate you and see if we can nick someone on the break. Interesting. Yeah, I was good. I was going to ask. I'm glad you you mentioned that about Solanke because when I saw that, I thought, oh, because you had your new striker in last weekend. But obviously, Solanke seems to be the go-to guy in there. And you mentioned about the player that's going to come and support Solanke going forward. Billing did that against St James's and got his goal. Um, and actually, I thought he had a really good game at St James's Park. He he played really well. Um, so yeah, there's a few players of interest. Obviously, Traore um, coming in. See how he's like, uh, Anthony. Um, it, you know, take a look at him um, as well. But uh, Richie, I'll come to you. You know, I've gone for pretty much the same team. Uh, well, in fact, it is the same team. Um, I've gone with ASM. Um, what are your thoughts with regards to the lineup? What would you change? And where do you see Newcastle getting that vital, vital win for us at the? At, being caught? <laughs> uh, well, I think we'll start the same. We discussed this the other night uh, mm. on the show about whether we, you know, ASM will start or Wilson will. I think that they seem to be the only contentious, you know, discussions at the moment. But for me, you, you know, you, that's the team that will start. I think ASM has to produce over these next two games, as we said the other night. Um, you know, he, he'll be really, really wanting to fight to get a start at Wembley because obviously. He has been on this journey with Newcastle for a while. And he's been there through the dark times as well when he was out our talisman and got out of many, you know, shitty situations, you know, get enough points to stay up and stuff like that. So obviously he's he'll be wanting to be on that pitch when we get to Wembley. So the only way he's gonna be able to do that at the moment is by putting performances in. Because at the end of the day, if he's not putting it in, Bruno walks back and say, But to be fair, I, I think will happen for the final anyway. But obviously he you know, ASM's gonna to want to put stake a mark at the say that even if he comes back in, you don't take him out the side and it's going to have to be one of the other centre midfielders that do it. Um, Wilson, we know he hasn't been prolific since the World Cup. Obviously, he, he got back on the score sheet last week uh, and had a couple of other good chances to you know to add, add more to his tally last week. Uh, obviously, he was up, the tackle that was on him last uh, Egard last week was a fantastic tackle to get back. Obviously, you'll want that header back, I can guarantee you, because obviously, put that either side of... Um, with Fabianski and it was it was two one. Do you know what I mean? So uh, that's interesting. But it's it's what whether you think you know, obviously you look at Wilson there and you would expect him to get the the, the better of Metham and Senesio, which is I was going to ask actually ask Tom a bit more about him because it was he was someone that Newcastle potentially looked at a year ago and obviously there was a few links with him for the the sum as well. So I'll get his thoughts on that a bit later. But I think ESM you know potentially. He's probably got the ideal sort of fullback he'd want to be up against when he's, you know, he's having to knuckle down because yeah. Adam Smith's getting on a bit now, and you know he's he's not the got the he's not gifted with the most pace, and you know he's, for me he's what you'd class as like your old school fullback, uh, Adam Smith, uh, and I just think you know ASM could have a good, a good, a decent game against him. Um, it's obviously the the, oh, the case with ASM is how is he going to be going the other way. Um, but for me, it starts to see it starts the way with, uh, you've got it on there, Pete. Uh, and I think, you know, that right hand side as well, we've been fantastic down that right hand side. A lot of, you know, you, whenever you see the uh, build up stats of Newcastle, a lot of it comes down that right wing. Uh, but that, they understand that in Almond have got uh, since they start playing together in pre season. Um, they just seem to know where they're going to be. And the, the good thing we've seen over recent weeks is. That Longstaff and Willock are seeming to make the runs as well inside to 
you know, it's not just a predictable ball between Alaron and Trippier. You know, it's, we've seen now that one for the goal against Fulham, obviously, when Longstaff put the ball in, you know, Trippier was telling where Almiron where to run. And we went a different way, went along staff, ball in back post Wilson, he puts it back across Isak for the winner. So it's it's good to see that there's more and more um bonds getting built and understanding between not just the two on the right hand side, it's the middle three as well who are getting there. And obviously Wilson, you know, you put that ball in that dangerous area and we know Wilson's a threat all day long. I think a lot of the issues we've had with Wilson in recent weeks is some in summer games he hasn't been getting the service yeah. to you know to, to be put the ball away. The other argument is, has he been making the runs that he's used to to be getting into the situations? He hasn't really been getting across your man. Like we know that Wilson's fantastic at doing. He has been a little bit more static. Has that been ring rust? Possibly. We don't know. Uh, obviously, he was ill for a period of time. We know he got a really bad bug and stuff. Right? So we don't know whether that was lingering off it. We don't know. Was it a bug? Was it another bout of COVID? We don't know. Uh, but obviously, hopefully, that goal last week will you know start kicking him on again. And uh, hopefully, he can break his against his previous team. Uh, hopefully, from our perspective, definitely, uh, we, we definitely want that to happen. And yeah, he got he got more service against West Ham. And like you said, those through balls, one he scored, one he missed. He had the header. You know, he was more active. And, and like you say, it might be lack of confidence, lack of um, activity in terms of getting him involved in the game. But I think these boys, these boys are key. Um, I think they're going to win this the game on Saturday if they turn up. Um, uh, Almiron's dropped off slightly from his fantastic form before the World Cup. He needs to step that up. He's got, like you said, that great relationship there. But ASM needs a good game. Um, he's got the perfect person to go up against, as you mentioned. When we played you in the in the cup, he seemed to give Smith a torrid time. Um, he seems to have his number, but he needs to be able to go at him. I want him to. I want him to be. I almost want him to be the old ASM. I want him to be selfish. I want him to be direct. I want him to just get the ball and take on two or three men and go for gold. I want to see that that side of him uh, come to light. Because if that side of him comes to light, he'll be the guy that will win us a game. Um, and he's proved it. He's done it before um, at Dean Court as well. But Keith, from what Richie said, is, is there anything you would add, anything you would change? Would you play someone else? Would Gordon come in for you, Isaac? What, what are your thoughts? I totally agree with the points that have been raised about um, ASM. He's... For me, uh, I, I I think since sort of like the Manchester City um, Wolves games uh, when he got injured, he hasn't quite looked himself. He hasn't just hasn't seemed to have come back really. You know, I know that we've had the disruption of the World Cup, but um, I just it doesn't seem like the ASM went off for some reason. If you know, like um, I know he's been he was praised for one or two defensive in is it. Interceptions that he made uh, in previous few games, and but I, I agree. I would like to see ASM a bit of the old ASM come through and take the opportunities that are there against, with not being disrespectful, yeah, opposition. Uh, how Bournemouth have been playing this year, it, the game's there to be taken. Um, I th- and and I agree. You know, he's it's. I, I want to see him come to the fore here and. If he if he doesn't, then you know he's got he's got Gordon coming 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 at him. He's got there's the option there with Isaac there as well. Isaac's stating the claim because there's been end product there. You know there's been the goal that from the Fulham game, and also there was the goal that he set up for Joel Linton away to Southampton. 
So there's end product there from Isaac. Gordon looked lively in the game in the the part that he played in the game against West Ham. So there's competition there. Um and that's why I want to see something from ASM in these next couple of games before the final. Um that 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 would be my question mark there. And if he, he isn't producing it, then you've we've got to look to bring um Gordon in at some point, I think, in the in the game. Um at Joe Linton, there's a little bit of a concern there because is it right that he's um, two bookings away from um, a ban? You're right. Yeah, correct. And we do we don't we don't need to not be not have Joe Linton play in the fight uh, in the final. We need Joe Linton in that final. He'd be but in the final anyway, Keith, yeah. because they, All right. they can't, we can't have a suspension in the final. It would be the game afterwards that he'd miss. Okay. Wolves, I think. Yeah. 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 No. In, that, in that case, I wouldn't really change. I wouldn't really change that. You need Joe Linton in the team, especially if you haven't got uh, Bruno at the moment. Yeah. We, we don't want to be too unbalanced in that midfield by making too many changes. Yeah. No, I, I, I go. With, I agree with that. But I think you're right. Long term, ASM Wilson, and I actually think Willock uh, with Bruno coming back in are um, those three players that I think could potentially have their places lost in the team to the likes of Bruno, Gordon and Isaac that are waiting in the wings um, to come in to the team. I think long-term burn um, uh, with target or in next season, a new left-back coming in, we'll, we'll have something to think about. But I think Burns you know, playing well. He did play well, in my opinion, against West Ham, but he's had a, a good season so far. But that's long-term. But these three players are the ones that I would be concerned if I was them, about keeping their place. Um, that is for sure. Um, so, coming back into it, um, before I get your predictions in particular, I want Tom's prediction. Um, you got time for a few more questions? Tom? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, uh, we can go through a few. Uh, where, where do we start? Um, there's quite a lot here uh right one second um okay let's talk about i said i'd leave it to last but let's talk about let's talk about this man uh ryan fraser okay you've already talked about him briefly um you know you were you were very vocal the last time you were on about ryan fraser you know you don't really sort of rate him as a player what what are your what is the reaction that he's going to get? But be honest, is it going to be super, super hostile? Uh, if he, even if he's on the bench, like imagine if he's getting warmed up on mm. the side during the game. What, what are the reactions going to be towards him? Uh, yeah, it'll be the, it'll be the, the, the worst reception of players have got at our place. I would have thought. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty mad when we, when we played up at your place, but obviously you're up in the sky, so it was. Um, Quite difficult to get it get it fully across, but um, yeah, he'll get he'll get absolutely slaughtered. I mean, people didn't realize when we played at, at your place, they Eddie cleverly took him off when there was something going on. Um, I think there was some sort of round of applause or something for a minute, and he took him off with or there was an injury when we didn't really realize, um, which was funny. But I think if he's, I always thought he wouldn't be in the squad when they when you come down there, Eddie will make sure he's not in the squad because Eddie will know what abuse he'll get, but. With him coming back on the bench last week and obviously Bruno being out, that kind of gives another slot available on the bench. Um, looks like he might be. So, yeah, he'll get, he'll just, yeah, he'll get absolutely hammered. Um, rightly so. And he's 
he's not very good either. I was really hoping he'd go to, he was linked with Hull, wasn't he, on deadline day. I thought that'd be great, wouldn't it? Leaving us and then he's ended up at Hull. But um, no, I mean, I, I think he's he runs fast now and again, doesn't he? But he's not very good. Uh, Heather, um, Heather Brighton fan, welcome to the channel. Um, it's but he's going to get booed more than more than our manager. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. Would, that would be something uh, from both perspectives. I've got to be honest. Um, that'll be that'll be really really interesting. Um, um, I hope this makes sense to you. But Nathan Stapleton has put. Uh, does um, Semenyo have enough juice in his goose? But well, I. I can, it's you, a, can, yeah. you, can you clear that up? It's a, yeah, obviously, Semenya's new player. The Juice and the Goose was a, a saying that's been used before. Um, I used it on the last show, stupidly, and it's been used on other things. But yeah, Semenya <laughs> looks good, basically. He's saying, has he got enough about him? I think he I think he probably does. It's a bit early to see. But um, if Dom's not fit, I think he'll probably lead the line again. He'd he done all right. Um, a difficult place at Brighton. But um, just didn't quite... He had a few chances he could have finished, but just didn't quite happen. But I'm quite happy with his, with his sign, and he's still quite young, so I think he'll be a good signing for us. Okay. Um, Carl Seggy's put, um, who would you bring in as your next manager? So we talked about this earlier on the show. We talked about you know, who would go. Um, mm-hmm. Richie mentioned about Dice and you mentioned about Dice as well, uh, Tom. Um, who would you bring in? Oh, I don't know now. It feels like we've missed the boat on everyone. Um, I was certainly one that was was thinking, well, we were, you know, let's give ourselves a real chance here and get Dice and obviously end up going to Everton. Um, it's really tough now because I think for that bounce and stay in the league, it's, it's really, really tough because there's not many about. There really isn't. Um, obviously, there's always going to be... Fr- the problem we have at Bournemouth is we, regardless of the money, we can't attract the potch at Tuchel. It's, that's, that's not happening. Yeah. So we've got to look at that next band. And I weirdly thought, I mean, let's, let's have another link between the two clubs. Would Rafa fancy it? Do you reckon Rafa would fancy it? I don't know. Um, he's always up for a challenge, isn't he? He, yeah, he, took, like Everton. he, took, he took on Everton. Uh, yeah. But he, I, I think Bournemouth uh, wouldn't, wouldn't be a bad shot at all. Yeah, we, yeah. But I mean, I'm trying to think kind of that manager just under that tutorial potch that maybe we could get in, which might be a raffer, who knows. But um, I know we were linked heavily with Bielsa, but um, I think he'd want a full pre-season regardless anyway. So that would be one that would more be in the summer anyway. But you just want that at this stage of the season. You do want that short term, that keep you up manager. And Deutsch was the one. It was the race for Deutsch, it felt, and Everton got him. So there's not um, an awful lot out there in that mould now. Because I think the others are kind of, they're done now, aren't they? You're kind of anodized. And people like that are well done. So, yeah, it's it would have to be one I'd have to think about if we were to um, if we were to pull the trigger on, on Gary. But... I'd get behind anyone if I felt like there was someone we're chasing. My worry is that the, it would be someone that we've just thrown up out of nowhere, really, which is a worry. There's two people I hope it's not. Uh, I don't know if you're going to mention something, Richie. There's two people... Well, I, I, I was going to bring up a name, and the only reason I was going to bring up the name is because he was linked with a, a job back in Germany at Hoffenheim uh, this week, but he turned it down. So that makes you start to think whether there's potentially you know jobs going in the... Premier League is after. Obviously, Leeds look like they're looking for a manager as well. Um, and obviously, he's got a relationship to the South Coast anyway, but obviously, it's, uh, what what would you thought be on like Ralph Hassenhutl? Yeah, he's been one that a few a few people have mentioned. Um, I'd probably take him, actually, and it, it would annoy them as well if he kept us up. But um, I think the manager, I think, to be honest, Southampton fans are kind of looking at it now and going, the grass isn't always greener. Do you know what I mean? Maybe we didn't support him enough and give him enough because... 
you know, they, they would take him back now. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't be totally against that. I think he's... I, I always like managers that I feel are long-term. Obviously, we always had that ready. So I do like the thought of getting a manager and you go, right, they're going to build their team. This is the kind of figurehead of some of a direction. And I think Ralph is kind of a more of a long-term manager. So, yeah, I wouldn't be against that. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be against that at all. I, I've got... Have you, have you got anyone in mind, Keith, that you think might, might be the next manager of Bournemouth? I think somebody like um, Hassanul would be a good shout. I mm. think he did good things. I think I think he he was understated and he was quite underrated with what he actually did in uh, Southampton. It would just be I think some of the the downs were quite highlighted. You know the the two the the few nine nils that were in there. Um, but he, you know, there was one stage where they were near enough top of the league, pretty early doors, weren't they? They made some really good starts to the Premier League season. I think I think he could do a good job. Um, at his at another club, um, I just think it's un, it's unfortunate. I agree with what Jordan says. You know, the likes of the Potchers, it's just unfortunate at, at the minute. Bournemouth aren't quite at that level yet, where they could. You know, it's in terms of scale of club, where they could get somebody in like a a Poch yet. Yeah, I've I've got one. That I think might end up at Bournemouth, but I kind of hope he doesn't because I don't really rate him personally. And that's Frank Lampard. Oh, don't. He's, he's, got, he's got a link with the South Coast. Know, yeah. Obviously lives in Bournemouth and um, I, obviously relations and all the rest of it. And I just, I've just got a feeling that... that, that I, I think I could, see, I could see something like that happening because as you say, there's the logic there and it's where he can rebuild, you know, and... Uh, so I would, I, I think, I would, I would see somebody like Lampard there rather than Gerard. Yeah, for those reasons. Yeah, I, I was, I was worried about that. I, I spoke to someone the other day, and I, I said about that link, and that worries me that he's now available. Um, and there is that link to the south coast, and and Harry, and there's Harry still. He goes to every game, so Harry is still. You know, he speaks to the right people. I would have thought. So, yeah, that's that's a bit of a concern because uh, I, I I agree. I'm not a, a massive fan, and that's literally just off what he's done as a manager so far. I mean, it's not something good. But um, if it was in the summer and we're in the championship, and you you know you kind of giving him another chance, I'd kind of go all right. But I certainly would He's not, I mean, he's got no credentials to keep us up. So um, no. I, you say that, but he kept yeah. everything up. That that will be on his CV, yeah, and that's yeah, been, right. he, he might well convince your board by slapping that on his CV to say I kept Everton in the Premier League. And yeah, but the, the thing against that though, Pete, is he took over Everton seventeenth and left them in seventeenth. I agree with you. I agree with you. I think he's awful. I think he's an awful <laughs> manager. But 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 uh, I agree with everything you're saying, Richie. But I just I just it think. Does. that... Sometimes it, when teams are in difficult situations, they look at people, they look at CVs and they'll just go, okay, what have they done? What have they done? And, you know, Lampard's played with Chelsea, managed Chelsea in the Champions League, saved Everton. And he'll probably put on in his interview those big images of him celebrating and all the smoke all over it. And, and, and they'll get sucked into that all. He has you know, another angle as well. Does he have a lot of friends in the media as well? That can talk him up as well, talk up his achievements as well. I mean, let's think as well and let's consider as well. You could talk favorably as well about the season he had at Chelsea 
where he came in and, you know, they were supposedly hamstrung for that season. And he had some fledgling players there, you know, the likes of your Tammy Abrahams and that. And they had a couple of, they had a good year that year. Um, but when the money started coming in again and the bigger personalities coming in again, it was more of a struggle in the following season. And he, he parted ways with Chelsea, sadly. But there's enough positive experiences there for his friends in the media to talk up to get him positioned to a new, another job in the Premier League. I knowingly agree with you all. Uh, the, the other one that was weirdly, I don't know if it's any sort of, we've got new American owners, so now they're all talking about Jesse Marsh, who just got <laughs> sacked from Leeds. So, I don't know. It, there's, there's all kind of weird. Did he take another job somewhere? Yeah, he's gone to Norwich. Yeah, I was going to say. I thought he'd take another job. It might be Craig. It might be a little bit too early for him to yeah there. But but again, Tom, I I don't know if this is just like I don't know if it's logical thinking from my point of view here, right? But it might you know it shoot me down straight away and stuff because obviously we've we've went through there. There's and there isn't really a standout manager as you've mentioned. Yeah, it's like obviously. You're in between that limbo of a level of manager and stuff like that. And obviously, you've mentioned you wanted a long-term manager going forward. But you're in this precarious position now, aren't you? Yeah. And I, I see it for me. It's just it's, It seems to be shouting out what it was, right? You've just mentioned Harry Redknapp, right? He's yeah. there every single game. He watches them. He knows the players. So could you see him as a stopgap till the end of the season? It wouldn't. Yeah, it wouldn't absolutely shock me. Um He's weird. Weirdly, he done it. He done it before we were in. Um, I think we were in League One at the time, um, before Eddie come back, and we were really struggling. And he just come in to like help out our manager, like literally just to like be as be a shoulder for him um, for a couple of games. It was it was odd. So yeah, I know I know what you mean. It wouldn't. The only the only thing that I think changes these sort of things now is that, and as you mentioned about being in that limbo, is that we've got new owners, so it's not all the previous, like we had before, that was, you know, you go down that route because of people they know and stuff. It's brand new owners who have obviously got a bit of cash. And I think they would rather go for a name, um, yeah, or someone upcoming and, and that sort of stuff. But I don't know. Um, but yeah, the frustrating thing is there isn't someone obvious now that Deutsch has gone, but just hopefully not Lampard. I mean, I'm fed up of the English centre midfielders. We had Scott Parker, Gary O'Neill, Don Frank Lampard. They're just they're all bloody as bad as each other. Jonathan Woodgate. Oh, yeah, we have Woody. We don't mind Woody. We didn't mind Woody. He was all right. Well, I think we could have a conversation about this. I think he'd be a good coach. I don't think he's a manager. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, uh, One or two in the chat. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I agree with you, Bobby. Harry read that. Surely he is retired at this point. uh, um, Neil Warnock. Neil Warnock. Yeah, that was in there. Big old school name. Forest, uh, Forest Green. Um, so he's out of the picture. Uh, Craig Lee maybe maybe chuckled. He put fat sham. Uh, that's that's how we, that's what he associates um, Sam Allardyce from that perspective. I'm going to run for a few questions just really quickly because um, we'll take a little bit longer on the manager talk. Although there was a great chat um, with regards to that. Marco Palmer put a great question in. Will Billing go in the summer? If so, how much will he cost? That's probably not what you, what you want to hear, Tom, about him potentially leaving. But I actually rate him as a player. I think he's a talented player. Um, yeah. We were linked with him. It might have been in the summer really tentatively. And I was looking at him and thinking, actually, our midfield, he wouldn't be a bad child. Obviously, yeah. things develop and change over time. But what do you think? Yeah, I think if we went down, I think we, we probably... 
they would be potentially lose him because uh, he's still relatively young as well. Um, I think I think we got him in for about ten, so I I, I I think we'd make a decent amount of money on him. But it's a weird one for Billing because he's got this horrible. If we go down, he's got this horrible record of he'd have been a Premier League player for four seasons and been relegated in three of them. Um, he's been relegated for us once before. He got relegated at Huddersfield, so he could get relegated again for um, for us, obviously. And I remember Huddersfield fans saying that, and I can kind of see it that when everything's going all right. You know, you're performing all right and, you know, you're keeping the ball and stuff. He looks brilliant. But when you're up against it in a bit of a scrap, he can be a bit of a luxury player. Um, obviously, completely different player. But, you know, like Arsenal fans used to say about Ozil, for example. It's that sort of vibe sometimes you get is when you really need to scrap and be... A, he just goes missing a little bit. Um, but, you know, he's clearly a good player and, and we don't want to lose him. But I don't know if... A, and there's a, that's just a horrible stat, in it? Like... How what so I think he'd go to a lower end Premier League club and then they'd look at that stat and think it's not ideal, is it? He keeps getting relegated. But yeah, I think if he went down, he'd be one that there'll be a few of them. But I think him and Solanke and yeah, would definitely be on the radar of a few clubs to to take a punt for sure. Um, but I think we'd get get twenty plus million for him. I would have thought. Okay, interesting. Um, a couple of really good questions here. Uh, I'll come to you. Uh, Carl Seggy's put for, uh, for Tom. Uh, speaking of takeovers, what are your thoughts on your takeover? Obviously, it's a relatively new takeover that you've had. You, uh, now you've had time to digest it all. What what, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a bit it's a strange. Um, it's obviously a bit like yourselves. It's, it's exciting, but you, and you want to believe in everything that's being said. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, obviously, in terms of January, they certainly you know they they spent the money that they said they would. Uh, spent a lot of money. Um, they, I mean, soon as soon as they come in, they said, "Don't worry, we won't be relegated," which is starting to look tough now. Mm. But um, I think they, yeah, I think it's exciting. It's definitely exciting, and it's, you know, we, we needed it as much as I like the kind of um, I quite like the small like kind of family field club that we have. But we need to start moving um, if we want to stay. We've been in the top two leagues last decade now, so you know we're starting to be in them top two tiers, which which I most Bournemouth fans can't really remember. We're always in the bottom two, so. We need to move move with that. We need to get the bit better infrastructure, new stadium, them sort of things. And that's what the new owners are saying, that they want to sort stuff out off the pitch, which is what's always held us back, um, as you all know, because I'm sure Newcastle fans really struggle to get a ticket at our place. So, yeah, that, that sort of stuff's exciting. So I think, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I think we, we've got to be excited about it, really. And the follow-on here from Geordie Jack, um, doubts about Bournemouth's new owners. How realistic do you think their attendance revenue expectations are? Yeah, I'm not sure. Like like I say, it's, it's very difficult because it's so new. All we can say at the moment is they've come in and um, they've had one transfer window and they've chucked a lot of money at it at a time where we look like we're in, we could quite easily go down. So, you know, they have backed the manager and they have spent a lot of their own money. So that's something. But, it's still too early for them to put a print on it yet, so we'll have to wait and see. I do all the more, all we can go off is what they're saying and the things they're saying about infrastructure, about the stadium, is good, is positive at the moment. So we'll have to wait and see. But um, there's always a bit of apprehension in there when there's owners, particularly when they're American for some reason. It does feel a bit like, oh god. Um, but at the moment, it's okay, and we'll we'll have to wait and see. But thinking positively about it. Uh, John's backing you up. He's he's put hello everyone. Are Bournemouth the the unluckiest <laughs> team in England, or does the EPL have it in for them? The penalty situations are beyond farcical. Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, we haven't been very good lately, but yeah, I do. You know, it isn't the reason we are where we are, but we we have been unfortunate this season for sure. There's been some 
horrific ones. There was one at West Ham that was like literally a volleyball motion and they scored and it wasn't given as a handball because it was in a different phase and all this rubbish. Um, we've had a lot that have just hit the arms of players and then uh, have not been penalties. And then when they've been against us, they're penalties. So, yeah, we've I think we have conceded the most penalties through VAR um, this season. So, yeah, we've probably been a little bit unfortunate and maybe that'll... That'll do full circle, and then we'll get a few. We'll get a few decisions, but it's not why we are where we are in the league. I can't. I can't lie. But um, yeah, we've been unlucky. I think we can sympathise because we had a, a lot of atrocious decisions at the start of the season, particularly. Uh, so we can sympathise with you on that one. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, last couple uh, uh, questions. Question about Je- uh, Jefferson Lerma. Um, what's the situation on his contract and how's he rated with Bournemouth fans despite him <laughs> loving a bookie and I take him at Newcastle on a free all day? How so? Yeah, he's, he's my, I mean, he's my favourite player for sure. Um, I think he's superb. I was, I was worried in January that, that you guys might come in actually because I know Eddie bought him in for us. Um, was our, the, the, the highest pay, uh, the highest transfer fee we'd pay for a player when Eddie bought Jefferson Lerma in. And I just looked at it and thought, He's going on a free at the moment. He hasn't signed the contract, and um, if you're if you're Eddie Allen, you know him. I thought they might try and you might come in sneakily and try and get him on the cheap, but obviously didn't. I don't actually. I mean, we're not hundred percent sure. It what the murmurings we've got is that Lerma's always wants to stay here, but he wants like a he's like thirty and he wants like a three year deal, and the yeah. club are kind of a bit cautious because if we go down, he's getting on a bit. Yeah. You know, we only want to give him a, and I think he's trying to go. You know, I'm really important to you. I want a longer contract. So I think they're kind of at a bit of a standstill at the moment. So we'll see. I think if we stay up, which is very unlikely, but I think if we stay up, then we'll just give him what he wants because we'll have that, we'll have the money to stay in the Premier League. If we go down, I don't think he'll be that bothered anyway. And I think he could get a move. I personally have always felt he'll go back abroad, but, you know, he's, he's a top player, honestly. He's, a, he's one of them that doesn't get looked at because he's playing for Bournemouth. But, you know, one of the top today, he's not, in my opinion, when I've seen him, I've looked at, there was a period where, obviously, Basuma got a lot of um, a lot of credit, and there was indeed he went there at Leicester, had a spell where everyone was big. I thought yeah. he's not. There's not a lot in it with Lerma, but because he's at Bournemouth, he's probably not getting seen quite as much. But honestly, just sat in front of that back four, he's he's really really good at what he does. He's like the glue. So yeah, we would we would miss him. Um, he's only got a couple of bookings this season, so he's he's sorted that out a little bit as well. Interesting. And uh, before I um, ask you the final question, um, Tom said, "Has have you subscribed to the show? <laughs> have you liked yeah, to subscribe to the show, Tom? Of course he has. It goes without saying, Russ. Uh, but the final question is, do you think Bournemouth will survive relegation this season? I mean, it's very difficult because you, you always want to back your team and I'll always hold out hope. But I think if I was... I was talking from my head right now. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I think that the Deutsch things can hurt us. Um, I think at the moment, you look at Southampton are probably the, are the only team where they are in the league, obviously the only team that are below us and the only team that look as bad as us, really. And they beat us at our place, keep a clean sheet. Um, so, yeah, it's it's tough to see it at the moment. I've mentioned it enough times. Cut two wins in, in five months. They ain't going to keep you in the league. So you never know with football, a few things can change. You know, you, you nick a skanky goal, you get a decision, something happens for you, who knows? But at the moment, I the improvement in Wolves, um, the improvement in Forest, Deutsch going to Everton, I look at it now and go, I could maybe make a case for us to finish above Southampton and maybe Leeds if they don't get the next appointment right. But then I've got to find another one. I struggle to find another one. So I'll be lying if I said I expected us to avoid relegation, but 
I'll be holding out hope anyway. Who knows? Superb questions for Tom tonight. Uh, absolutely brilliant from our chatters as always. And I have to give a big shout out to Munch. Um, thank you for becoming a member of Loading Mag NUFC. Thank you so much. And for everyone that's either put their donations in or, or um, to the channel or become a member to Loading Mag NUFC. Um, just a couple of shout outs. Michael Palmer said, always a little disappointed not to see Keith in a tux when it comes on with his stats. So come on, man. You're better than that. So uh, no pressure, Keith. Save um, it for the final. Save it for the final. We'll hold it at that. Everybody unloaded will be uh, suited and booted for the final. Daz, clip it. Clip it. Um, uh, I'm sure we'll make you remind you of that. And Richie, Davey's yes, coming with a question or, or a for you. Um, can you tell everyone how to pronounce Bern? Um, it feels weird when the sponsors uh, is getting called Shy Burns. Yeah, Daz is awful. Daz is awful seeing it. No, no, you, but you're right. It's, it's, it's Daz. Daz just cannot see a bed for the sake of it. He's always Shy Burns. It's not Benz. 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 <laughs> Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Um, oh, um, yes, we do hope they are straight red cards, by the way. Um, you know, two yellows is no good to us at the weekend. We want straight red cards for Rashford. They, 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 they're fit, they're, they're fit, mate. They're, they're caught, the suspension doesn't count in the final. Oh, does it not? What, no. in the, even in the league? Nope. They, you can't be, as far as I can tell, you can't actually be suspended for the finals. So it would just go to the domestic competition. So it would be just the league games, unfortunately. Sorry, um, we'll, do, we'll just we'll just have to see if someone will break the legs on Saturday instead. Oh my god! How do you say that, uh, Magdalene? I'm sorry if you're crying now. I apologise to that. Uh, apologise for that. Uh, but uh, uh, last question for, for for you, Tom. He said, uh, "Do you think Jason Tindall has too many sunbeds?" Uh, he, he just seems to have the best tan in the world, but he yeah. lives. So far north, where it very rarely has sunlight. I've got to be honest. He was always tanned down there, yeah. So um, I think there might be a cheeky sunbed in there, um, for sure. But um, yeah, no, he's 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 a good one. I'm de I definitely wouldn't be surprised if he gets the old sunbed. But in terms of talking about uh, tux and that, I tell you what, if we stay up, I'll come on this channel next season. And I'll wear, I'll go full suit if we stay up. All right. That's <laughs> <laughs> it. There, clip it, Daz. And you know what? I have to say, full new predictions. I really do hope you stay up, um, uh, Tom, because, you know, obviously, uh, really, really re respect um, Bournemouth for what you've done. Obviously, the links with so many Newcastle players. And more importantly, it's just great to talk to you um, and you and your channel. So um, I really do um, look forward to that, hopefully, next season and beyond. But we have to get to predictions. Um, what is it going to be? It's the late kickoff on Saturday. So come half seven on Saturday evening, what is the score going to be? Richie, I'll come to you first. From a Newcastle perspective, what do you think the result's going to be? Well, I, I said last week, I thought there's going to be a spanking coming Sunday and an Athen. I think it could be potentially on Saturday. Uh, I am going to go 3-0 Newcastle. 3-0. We're meant to be keeping Tom on side, not, not hammering him down. Oh, he's to come, he always sits on the fence. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Tom, we'll come to you as the Bournemouth fan. What do you think the result's going to be come Saturday? Um, I mean, my heart says we'll nick a point, but my head is going 4-0 Newcastle. 
Worse than you, Richie. <laughs> Maybe it's, it's, honestly, it's, no Bournemouth fan will be surprised to hear me say that. It's been really bad. It's been really bad um, since the World Cup. As I said, we scored one goal. We scored one goal since the World Cup. Um, so, yeah, and we're just conceding for fun. So, and set pieces, we're really bad, and you've got Trippier. And yeah, I just, I don't, I think it could be a bad one for us. You never know. But yeah, I do, I do think you'll, you'll beat us quite comfortably. Right, you've got you've got some work to do, Keith. Double Stato, because I tell you what, there's some big scores been put out there. Are you going to sit on the fence, or are you going to go and put your allegiances and and say Newcastle are going to win the game uh, comfortably? What are your thoughts? Well, Newcastle did win down at Bournemouth four-one a few seasons ago, but. We have to be realistic here and say that was during the strange COVID period of the season mm. without any fans. They generally it was do. De- it was definitely strange, Keith. It was under Steve Bruce for a start. Exactly. It was, <laughs> yeah. you know, a brilliant goal from Alvaro Moran, and that is remembered. And I think uh, yeah, it was a brilliant, brilliant. yeah, some brilliant, um, you know, I, I think Murphy nearly scored or somebody, I think Hayden nearly scored. It was a brilliant game. But, uh, but they generally do struggle at that ground. It's it's generally a low-scoring game, and they're not conceding that many goals, Bournemouth. So it's usually like a one-nil or a either side or even a draw, score draw. So it's, it is a generally a low-scoring fixture. Also, as well pointed out in the stats earlier, at home they've only conceded more than one goal once at that uh, vitality. So I think this will be a low-scoring game. Newcastle have only scored twice in five games in the league. So it is the not score, and we'll kind of get away from it. I think it's four and five games that haven't scored a goal. So for that reason, I think I'm going to go and I'm going to say it's going to be, again, a low-scoring game. I can see Newcastle winning it 1-0, but let's not be surprised if Bournemouth, after 12 games, pull something out of the hat here. The run's got to end sometime, but I'm, I would say maybe Newcastle to edge it. If they're all going on the, in the right direction, they all pull together, they pull out some magic, maybe, maybe Isaac comes on. But I can quite easily see it going the other way as well. So, <laughs> uh, every time I've backed Newcastle this season, they've let us down. Every time I've. Remember Leeds at Christmas? 2 0 at least. That's why you don't back nil, them. Nil. I hate back in Newcastle because they do this to me every time. So okay. it's best it's best off just saying a draw or a defeat, but I'm going to say a narrow victory. It could be a narrow victory to Newcastle. But is that a 1-0 victory that you're going for? A one, a narrow, like like the one in the League Cup. He doesn't want to say going, going off, Going off, going off somebody and going in the net. He doesn't even want to say it. <laughs> it's got to be. It's got to be. Okay, I'm going to take that as a 1-0. For me, I'm going 2-0 Newcastle. I think yeah, I think we'll create a lot of chances. I think the defence is very, very solid at the moment. Um, and I, I, I just think we're, we need to get back to winning ways. It's as simple as that. And Eddie Howe would have drummed that back into them this week. Um, so that's our predictions. Uh, lots of them in the chat. We'll put them on the screen as we're on our way out. But again, before we go, Tom, do you want to plug where your uh, your channel and where we can find you? Yeah, it's uh, Back of the Net on YouTube, um, AFC Bournemouth Podcast. So, yeah, we do loads of stuff on there because we do a little match day vlog uh, and there'll be fan cams after the game. If there's any Newcastle fans making a trip, you can come and see us there. And, um, yeah, we'll do like a, a second look show, you know, about the game and 
there's also stuff on there when we come up to your, your place and, you know, we spoke about the away day in general and you're the only ones in the top at the moment on our little league table, the away games. We talk about everything apart from the match in terms of like pubs and, you know, the stadium and all that stuff, put them into a tier and Newcastle are the only ones top. So, uh, well, yeah, you'd be happy to see that one because it's a, it's not a bad night out in Newcastle. So we enjoyed that one. Um, but yeah, yeah, it'd be, that'd be great if you come over there. But all the best to you guys. And I, it's, it's, we got one nil, two nil, three nil, and four nil in there. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's, I think the nil's probably right. I'll put it that way. But if 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 we don't get, I do think them. It's interesting, Keith, because you're saying that. I thought that's that's nice actually. I didn't forget about we haven't conceded quite as many at home. Um, I do think that will change soon. We got you guys, then Man City, then Liverpool in our next three home games. So <laughs> that might change. <laughs> just, just remember, out of all of those predictions, you scored Newcastle the highest top. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, well, I, love Eddie, that. I love Eddie so much. So okay. uh, we, we love the word clip it. So Dazzle, no doubt, clip any of these things and, and we'll get it in there. But look, massive thanks to everyone in the chat. Your questions were outstanding for Tom. We tried to get through them all. Apologies if we didn't get through them all. Um, Keith, double O Stato, absolute I'd legend. Just like, I'd just like to say oh. there, was it Geordie Toon for Life who said I must be a nightmare in a restaurant? Uh, Somebody just yeah, put a was, comment mate. in there. Not at all. If I'm in an Indian restaurant, I just go 442. I know exactly what I want. I'll just generally, Ooh. you know what it's like? You order the same thing every time. You'll order a biryani or you'll order um, a Rogan yeah. Josh or something like that. And you just generally go with what you order. I don't generally deviate from it. Just football scores then. That's all it is. Just football scores. It's all the variables in football. That's the problem. That's true. Well, to, be, to be fair, Pete, he hasn't deviated from the same fence all season. <laughs> oh, that is true. That is true. <laughs> but look, that's as always outstanding. And of course, Tom, yeah. absolute pleasure. Thank you for taking the time to come and join us. Um, and look, Richie, Great to have you on. Your opinions, as always, um, and, and questions towards Tom. And look, we'll be back for more. Um, the preview uh, will be, oh, sorry, the review will be back um, at some point, whether it's Saturday or Sunday. I'm sure we'll, we'll tweet out and let you guys know. And in addition to that, we'll tweet out um, to remind people who weren't able to watch live and we'll tag in um, Tom and his channel as well, so we can uh, make sure that. And they're in they're in the link in the description of the show there. The, the channel's there, so click that on, and it sends it straight off as well. Guys and girls, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, and, of course, we do love playing away. How do you like that? How do you like Drink it.